0: Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think, from mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching, dramatic action-adventure novels. Our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages, eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com STR for three totally free thrillers you won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com slash str.
1: You have somehow ended up listening to The Stuff That's Real That You Didn't Know Was Real But Also Is Cool Podcast Or... Sturty Dickwer or, uh,
0: never mind. All right, well, welcome back to the show. I hope you've had a great week. I hope you've listened numerous times to the previous week's episodes, uh, just to extract every useful tidbit of information out of them we've got more information for you today. We've got exciting stuff to talk about um, stuff. I'm really excited about actually. And uh, just hearing what Kevin's going to talk about um, is it's going to be a good episode. It's going to be a good episode. So thanks for being with us. Um, I'm going to just turn it over to, uh, to Mr. Tumlinson here and uh, we will get this show on the road. Oh man. Pressure. No pressure.
1: pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, well, we just want to jump right into things where no, there's no preamble. We're not going to, but well, we can preamble. Let's drop. preamble. Let's amble. Let's just amble. <laughs> Let's just amble. Let's just amble I a think, little bit. I think we're short on time is what you were saying earlier. So we may not be able to, to amble much. But...
0: Through no fault of my own. No, I'm just kidding. It's completely my fault, but uh, no, we'll just amble quick. You you're doing good. You had a good week thinking um, nonstop about what you're going to talk about this week.
1: Yeah. That's what I spent the whole week doing. I didn't have anything else to do because <laughs> at the time that this is recording, we just came out of this big cold snap here in Texas where
0: yes. everybody was out
1: of power for like a week and you
0: know, got down nuts, in the man.
1: 30s and in, inside the house.
0: <laughs> yeah, my my family has been uh, cooped up at my parents' house. They're upper middle class so they've had power the whole week. Uh, yeah. My brother, who's middle class, has not had power at all. He lives a mile away. I think this is coincidental. Go figure. Coincident, yeah. Nothing to do with that uh, income levels at all. Totally. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, we uh, so so while staying warm, I thought, what could I talk about on this week's show uh, if I survive long enough to talk about it? And this this uh, the article I came up with, I think, is going to be a, a a fun one, um, and it's something on my mind because you know you and I both write uh, what has been themed are archaeological thrillers, a subset of archaeology's anthropology, which is the study of cultures and humanity. Um, Something that I've been interested in for a very long time. And this article coming off of what was the site? Science Alert. Uh it's titled Nine Species of Human Once Walked the Earth. Now there's just one. Did we kill the rest? Mm. Dun, dun, dun.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that it, we did. Am I, I right? No, know.
1: you know, the article doesn't <laughs> really it, it it actually does not I mean it sort of implies that we did, but it was sort of like a battle of attrition, you know. Um, yeah. because as uh, the more adaptable species um, proliferated we'll say uh, we started to use up more and more resources so ultimately we did sort of kill off these other species uh, through a combination of things like you know, resource usage uh, actual physical combat uh, did occur we know that that happened uh, w- wars between species and that sort of thing uh, but, you know, there was some uh, inter inter-species mating and, and uh, things along those lines that also slowly sort of weeded out these other species. So as, mm-hmm. as the uh, millennia wound by, uh, a combination of things led to Homo sapiens uh, becoming the dominant human species. So, but you've heard of some of these like, you know, Neanderthals uh or Homo neanderthalensis, ne- ne- I'll, I'll mm-hmm. pronounce that correctly at some point. Uh then there's uh, a whole bunch of
0: related uh similar uh species Homo erectus, it's like where Homo- Cro-Magnon comes in, them. That, that yeah. One. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. but
1: The one I was interested in is uh Homo floor I'm going to I'm going to see if I can pronounce this. Homo floresiensis, which is uh they've been known as the hobbits. They've been okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are that's interesting cuz that's an Indonesian uh segment of human population uh that was in uh, the, the, uh known as the red red deer cave people in China. Hmm. Uh that is really interesting to me, and it you know they were dubbed hobbits by the anthropologist, anthropologists studying them because they'd all they were all nerds and they'd all read uh, Lord of the Rings. And this is a small species of humans. Uh, pretty interesting stuff, and and you kind of got to wonder like what happened because you would think in Indonesia they're they're more or less isolated from the rest of the uh, the cultures. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That was just just, just an interesting study all around. Uh, knowing that there were nine different species that we know of, uh, we're still looking for that mysterious missing link, which was the leap mm. between uh, ancient ancient humanity and modern humanity. So that was was
0: that the uh, the leap where um, the the size of the brain in Homo sapiens suddenly got much larger? Is that what that same leap is or cause I've heard that too. Like that's what they're 70,000 yeah. years ago or so. We think that, that homo sapiens split off cause, cause we're not the strongest um, mammal, you know, we're not no. the strongest, we're not as strong as gorillas or even chimps, you know? Um, and we're not as strong as what we believe these other, some of these other species to have been. Um, but we're still here, you know, okay. we're not the only ones to use tools. We're not the only, so it was almost like there's something um, all else being equal. And I think that's kind of like another, another way to say, uh, uh, evolution, <laughs> um, yeah. all us being equal, the, 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 strongest survive. And so, um, if, if this particular species that is with us today, homo sapien is the strongest one, what is yeah. it about us? Is it the brain? You know, I think that's kind of the, uh, so there the is a trajectory that we're on, right?
1: A theory, uh, that involves our consumption of proteins, um, because we you know the cost of uh, our intellect is was things like you know we we had to be born earlier uh because we are if our heads were fully formed uh we basically wouldn't be able to be born we, we hmm. our, uh, skulls would prevent us from being born so we had to be born a lot earlier than most mammals are um in the developmental process like we were born right. unable to walk or even care for ourselves, so right. Like whereas
0: a deer just pops out and it's like running around eating it stuff be immediately, right?
1: Exactly, uh, active and moving that day. Um, and there's this whole idea that um, meat eating and you know eating heavy proteins was uh, was in part responsible for us um, developing the intellect we have, because there is there, a sort of genetic and biological cost to the development of higher intellect so our ability to hunt uh became uh, tantamount to our intelligence so we uh couldn't we weren't as fast we weren't as strong we were we were not the the top of the food chain for a while there but we were we the those of us that were smart enough to figure out other means of getting that meat uh, suddenly became uh dominant so we started using things like you know traps and weapons and right. you know, whatever we needed yeah. to bring down that mastodon or bring down that you know big cat and and then we could consume that protein and then that protein became uh, the fuel for intelligence. So that's one of the theories. Uh, the reason we became dominant is because we migrated from being a gatherer society to a hunter society um, or hunter gatherer, I guess, but we were primarily existing and subsisting on meat uh which you know so there you go eat more meat if you want to be smarter
0: (laughs) if you want to evolve into a to a higher uh hominid yeah and now
1: we've got the geniuses of our society like bill gates telling everybody that if we're a wealthy nation we need to be eating fake meat so uh Mm. plant-based meat so what do you think what do you think the constant i can think of a consequence of that that will probably end up in a book so
0: there you go. That's interesting because I think that's a completely different issue trying to be tackled by some of these guys like Bill Gates, um, you know, and that's just the uh, the, the way the meat industry uh, is run, at least in America, um, is just not as sustainable as some other options. Right. You know, I think his whole thing isn't from a dietary perspective. Um, he's saying, hey, you know what, you can get some of the same stuff out of fake meat, whatever. I think it's really cool, the stuff, that, the strides that we're making in, in that field, but I also think it's really cool to eat giant gobs of meat yeah. um, from an but actual wouldn't it, animal. Wouldn't it be so,
1: interesting, though, to explore that idea? That's, that's one of the reasons why I brought it up is, um, you know, our most intelligent, the most intelligent product of our genes, uh, they're all now saying, you know, let's, let's start moving away from the consumption of meat. And more towards plant based. But if we can trace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the origins of our intelligence to meat proteins, then what are the long term unforeseen consequences of shifting? And what if that's happened before? Mm-hmm. So if there were nine exactly. species of human, you know, and we, we believe that there are these sort of hidden histories and, and cultures that we no longer have access to uh, because they are so far buried in the past, we don't know what happened to them. What if one of the things that happened to them was they got so smart that they started doing the things that were detrimental to that intelligence. And so they eventually sort of reset and, and then there's a cycle of that happening over and over. We've always wondered what happened if there was a, a superiorly intelligent superiorly, Uh, if there was a superior (laughs) intelligence on our planet in the past, where did it go? You know, where'd that advanced civilization go? we've always assumed it was a cataclysm or their technology uh, advanced to the point where it, it decimated them. But what if it was dietary?
0: Or, or both. What if it was a lot of things, you know, right. diets changed at the same time we, because we know we've had cataclysmic things happen on earth yeah. in, in geologic scale relatively recently. And so why not throw a couple things? I mean, you know, if, if we learn anything about, um, you know, astronomical time, and just how, how big and slow the universe is in, in human terms. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to believe that like, or there's no reason not to believe that a perfect storm of bad things happening all at once has happened multiple times. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of of the belief that like, Hey, why not all of these things? Why not diets changing and uh, giant cataclysmic things like comets or asteroids impacting earth and causing essentially nuclear fallout for many you know, decades Right. Um, at a time and why not have all that you know completely just decimate any evidence we, we would have had of that civilization right I, I find it all super fascinating man i think that's super cool um I, that's if, that's good stuff
1: if the past week alone has taught me anything is that a cascade of failures like that is entirely possible even likely yeah, exactly you know, exactly I, I, if if we had,
0: had yeah,
1: Right. Here in Texas, we had just a, a symphony of failures um, happen all at one time that put millions and millions of people at risk, uh, basically. It put them out of power, out of heat, in the middle of the worst cold snap in Texas' written history, uh, that as far as we can remember.
0: Um, right. Exactly. And, so, uh, so that was not caused by humans. Right. The catalyst for it was this 50-year or maybe even 100-year cold snap. Right. Um, You know, which we should expect at this point. But at the same time, it's bad business to try to prepare for that for the other 99 years. You know, Um, it's it's too expensive and it it causes all kinds of things. So so now we've got a system that failed because we had something that we sort of expected, but didn't know when it was going to happen, happen. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. So all these. Yeah. Like you said, all these cascading failures led to you know, essentially a glimpse of probably what has happened in the, in, in human history in the past many times. Right. Exactly. That's cool, man. Um, speaking of intelligence, I think you had a feeling I was going to go with this one today uh, Did I? in light of, of recent conversations. <laughs> um, here's something that uh, is really cool. I, I think this is one of those things that most people know is real, but maybe haven't um, really dove diving, divided into before. Um, one of the things that fascinates me both in real life and uh, certainly in my fiction um, I've used this in the ice chasm before among many uh, some of my sci-fi stuff like relics um, is artificial intelligence um, and when I say it I specifically mean the intelligence that humans create in a computer system uh, yeah. we essentially teach something to learn or at least to teach something to follow certain parameters we lay out um, and uh, and and do something that, Usually resembles human intelligence in in some way, some narrow way. Yeah. Um, and so some of those keywords I'm using narrow and, and general and human all that that's sort of how uh, that's one way to define artificial intelligence. And um, specifically, that is three different uh, forms of or levels, I should say, of artificial intelligence. Starting with weak AI, or in other words, uh, artificial narrow intelligence. Yeah. Um, and this is the one that's like uh, my my robot vacuum and robot mop um that my wife uses to clean the house these are uh, examples of an an artificial intelligence but they're very narrow you know they only do one thing uh when they hit a wall a literal boundary they turn and go they don't actually know where they are they're just running into stuff all the time stumbling forward throughout uh life actually there's probably some some ties to to actual human humanity here um i think maybe most of us are just weak ai stumbling through life (laughs) uh there's our soundbite for the show today by the way there you go i should use that one um, that's artificial, narrow intelligence. And we've certainly accomplished that. Uh, like I gave you an example of, you know, the, the robot vacuums, but anything from a calculator to the computers that we have, um, to just anything like a, even so something like a microphone that I'm talking into right now has a narrow intelligence of what it's supposed to do. Um, and that's just electronics, you know, it's not really, we're not really thinking or anything, but, uh, the next level, the next level up is that artificial general intelligence that we all sort of, um. Have experienced in 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 different ways. I think cell phones would probably fall into this category, or specifically maybe apps on cell phones, um, or a chat bot. If anyone's ever uh, had the joy of sitting talking to a computer robot in a messenger chat uh, to try to get some tech support, Um, that would I guess probably still be a narrow AI, don't you think? But uh, but coming up on the cusp of being general AI. I guess the, the definition Kevin is, is uh general AI is what we consider human capabilities. So on par with human capabilities. And the reason I think these are vague is um, <laughs> I've met a lot of humans that I don't think are on par with human capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's hard to say, you know, if an artificial general intelligence is uh, on par with human capabilities, because we tend to think of humans as pretty smart. And right. uh, I tend to be a more, uh, realist
1: well <laughs> you, you've heard of the turing test
0: right yes i was gonna yep i was gonna mention okay. that too is out of the original or at least the most popular uh test for whether or not a computer is considered intelligent right um go, yeah tell us about it. i mean that's I've well i mean in, up in general here,
1: terms but, i mean it, it is basically if if a in a blind uh test if someone can't tell the difference between uh, the, the if they're having a conversation with an entity on the other side of a screen and they can't tell the difference between that entity, uh, an artificial entity and a human entity, then it, that um, would pass the Turing test. So mm-hmm. it's basically using human, actual humans to test artificial intelligence. And um, I've, I've seen, you know, this has been around for years, by the way, is it? None of this stuff is new at all. Uh, Turing himself, that was you know, what in the during World War II
0: was when he Yeah, that was Alan Alan Turing. Alan he built Turing, um, a computer. The Enigma you know, Machine. Yep, or he was exactly, there trying to crack
1: right. the Enigma Machine. Uh, great
0: movie about that too, by the way, if anyone hasn't uh, seen it yet. Um, Benjamin. Cumberbatch. Benjamin Cumberbutton Benedict, or whatever his name is. Benad Cumberbutton. Benadryl Combine. Yeah, that guy. So um, – he plays out uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah. That What's interesting is, you know, you did a little test. You and I did a little test yesterday of, of an AI. and did, uh, yeah. It was really fun. Uh, it's got my brain buzzing about things I could use it for. But it was very effective. And in in a sense, it could pass a Turing test in one aspect. And it's something I hadn't considered before in terms of the Turing test. But so I think there has to be degrees of success on the Turing, on a Turing scale, because if we gave it a prompt, it could, it could write something based on that prompt that sounded, that was in fact human readable. Like right. what, we would read it, it was in interpret meaning. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it would fail the Turing test on, and other aspects, like you kind of set up a sort of, uh, digital help desk scenario and uh, you were talking to it about a, pro- a its product, the product it represented, and it just kind of floundered and, and failed. Um, it, it, it had a logical thread in the conversation, but it got in kind of a loop and became too literal. And, you know, it was easy to tell you were talking to an artificial intelligence.
0: Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, and so just as a little background, um, yesterday... Kevin and I got on a call and we played around with OpenAI's um, GPT-3 is what they're calling their intelligence, um, and they're a company that's doing some really cool stuff in the AI uh, community. Um, they also, and I'll kind of get into this a little bit. They're they're going for um, artificial intelligence that is also uh, has human standards for morals and ethics, right. uh, which is definitely a, a complicated subject. But basically, they they want to prevent Skynet. While also building Skynet. Uh, right. they want to be able to prevent, you know, the iRobot situation from happening um, while still being being able to create artificial intelligences. And of course, there's no legislation uh, for or against either of these things. So we're we're all just sort of looking at this as like, wow, this is really this is really cool. What what could be? But essentially they they fed um, this open AI, um, artificial intelligence the internet. You know, they let it read, I think it literally read all of Reddit and Wikipedia. Um, and so there's definitely, you can all obviously take some, uh, (laughs) um, some conclusions from that, but, uh, you know, it's able to string together, like Kevin said, sentences that, um, that make sense. And more than that, it, it, it can actually pretty well interpret what you're asking it to do. Um, it uses a a form of prompts rather than, you know, trying to code something or, or give it parameters like is like what artificial narrow intelligence like chatbots do right um it, you just feed it a prompt and that could be as simple as a question or like what we did you know you and i were sitting there going well what if how do we get it to write um a blog post about a certain subject let's give it a couple paragraphs and just see if it continues and it literally did yeah. at one time it even gave us like a list of you know here's do this and then here's how you do it and then do this and here's how you do it uh, it's pretty incredible stuff i wouldn't yeah. say it's ready to be Implanted inside of a, a walking, you know, hominid shaped robot or anything. But no, but it's I not think it's, not far away either.
1: It's definitely graduated to a level of being uh, good for assistive technology, um, and like you said, you, you you can essentially program it with with prompts rather than having to know code, which is kind of one of those like we uh, every all all of the technology that we take for granted now started off as as a bad user experience yes and and it's all kind of gotten better with time um where just take gps technology as a as an example like i remember when gps tech kind of came out in the public sector it had been around in the military for you know 20 years but when it Mm -hmm. hit um retail you know first of all it was super expensive but it was also completely um text-based like you didn't have maps you had coordinates and uh but i still wanted one because i i could because it was cool yeah (laughs) it was awesome and i could pinpoint myself within i remember i was working at a radio shack and a guy came in with one and he was buying batteries for it and he 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 basically was telling us all about it he's very proud of it you know he's like yeah this can pinpoint me within 50 feet well i mean now you can pinpoint something within like a few inches. I mean, you can get right. very and, and better depending on how, you know, sophisticated it is, military grade, you know, they can they can, you know, really find you. But um, so that technology has evolved, but the user experience of that technology also evolved. So right. adding maps and and then figuring out how to pinpoint you on a map and then updating maps as you go that's all advances in in the way the user interacts with that technology so the ai experience right now is sort of at it's you know it started at the at that sort of text level where you know in order to use ai you had to be able to code but has now stepped up in evolution to where normal human beings who, who don't know anything could start using it for some really helpful things and one of those for us i mean. I was looking I was when we were looking at it I thought you know this is and you we were the same way like as a research tool it's incredible like we literally said hey how would we explain um, the the fermi world, paradox the fermi so, paradox yeah. to a 12 year old and it told us in a couple of sentences what that was
0: it literally did i mean it wasn't and, even like a plagiar so the, and it's not plagiarizing it, either right no that's the best part it's not it's just grabbing something, something from original. wikipedia it's coming up with some original Cobbled together thought that actually is coherent. It makes sense. What impressed
1: me more though was when we said, "Hey, summarize this article," and you put a link in there, and it came back with a summary of that article that was literally. Yeah, and
0: it. it, You know, we I read the abstract for that article that we posted. It was about um what was the the, um something, molecular sexuality or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, something weird like I'd never heard of, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, here's an abstract about it, which is already over my head. So I know that it didn't just grab the abstract. It literally summarized the article and gave us a way to understand it. And it was incredible. It it knew what we wanted from the prompt, which is kind of that that next step is what you're getting at, is that user interface is far better than what I've seen before. It still has a ways to go. It's like an
1: evolutionary jump for Wikipedia is what it is. Right. Exactly. (laughs) We we can say, you know, I want to know everything there is to know about... I don't know, Patrick Stewart, and it will go, f- I don't, but I want to know in a in hundred words or less, uh, and yes. it'll give you a hundred words sim- summary of the life of Patrick Stewart. Now, it remains to be seen how accurate any of that is. We didn't test that. We Yeah, um,
0: that definitely really needs some testing, but I, I think it's it's incredible. And the thing that I'm, I'm ultimately getting at is, um, you know, the third type of intelligence, which is artificial super intelligence, where an AI is smarter, and I'm putting that in quotes because... There's different ways to, to measure IQ, of course, um, and intelligence in humans, like the emotional, you know, the EQ tests, yeah. which I, I think is going to take even longer for us to develop as far as code. But a superintelligence will be able to learn on its own. And then we right. get to something called the singularity because it's constantly learning. And pretty soon it knows so much, it can probably just defy the laws of physics and float around like a little orb and, you know, zap people with lasers. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the the fearful part of it. but um you know this AI that we tested is uh, is pretty close. It's probably the closest one I've seen that's consumer f- facing. Um, but you know the thing that I'm always I always go back to is even if we do have an intelligence that's just ready to go and, and you know be installed in like the next generation of Teslas or whatever, um, there's going to be some serious moral and ethical dilemmas that we have to figure out how to cover. Yeah. Um, the the use case that I always think of um, that I'm, I'm I swear I'm going to use it in a book one day. Um, is this idea that you need to be able to have an AI that can make the decision for you who to kill. And what I mean is, let's say you put it in a car, and this car is an auto self-driving car or whatever. You're just sitting in the back, um, and all of a sudden there's um, a person walking across the street, and the car knows that you're going too fast to be able to stop. If it swerves out of the way, it's likely going to kill you, the passenger. If it continues forward, you're going to be perfectly fine and the car is going to be fine. But the person's likely going to die because it's going to have to run into them. Right. So which which decision does the car make? So that's that's the classic trolley car problem. What? I thought I came up with that. I thought that no. was original thought. You're uh, on, I take full credit for it.
1: You don't know this this uh, whole thing. <laughs> if you're if you're a fan of the uh, the television show, The Good Place, they they made an entire episode about this problem. It's gotcha. a okay. uh, philosophical problem.
0: So they must have listened to me then yeah you have, uh, you yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, you know I wrote about uh, I write a series that involves an AI uh, and you know if you really drill down on how it's being used in the in that book it's scary as hell even though the person using it is a good guy and is sort of virtuous uh, to the point of, of being uh, uncorruptible. In in that Mm -hmm. book, and she'd have to be because uh, this is that software represents an absolute power in in that universe, and she is able to use it in a very efficient way to just really walk through digital uh, privacy, digital security. I mean, it's a it's a wide open world to her, and it's a quantum based AI, which. Is sounds like I'm just jamming technical terms together, <laughs> but um, you know, in my research into um, into AI and into quantum computing, I'm like, well, they're gonna get those two crazy kids together at some point because yeah, they're, they're made for each other. Um, exactly. Quantum computing is, you know, at its, at its heart, if if you consider digital uh, machines now, they operate on a principle of ones and zeros, there's an on and off. Uh, so yeah. it's binary, but in quantum computing, if I remember correctly, there are actually 13 states. So you exponentially increase the processing power with a with a lot less input. So yeah, it
0: effectively is testing a bunch of solutions and failing um, each time until it reaches the, the solution that can't that isn't failing. But essentially, doing so, it in some ways, instantly. but it's doing it so yeah. fast. Yeah, because it's got these these different switches. Unlike you know binary is just ones and zeros.
1: Yeah. So um, combine yeah. that with with AI, and I mean if, especially self teaching AI. Right. And uh, right. we we no longer there's no longer any need for humanity in the universe at that point. <laughs> so hopefully the singularity includes. So uh, Richard Feynman uh, believed that the singularity would be a sort of coming together of human and artificial intelligence. We would merge. Into yeah. a sort of supermind, and um, I don't think we're that far off from it. But consider the dilemma of knowing other human beings' thoughts just through things like social media. Like right. we have discovered through thanks to social media that there is a a clear divide in the way at least two different groups of people think.
0: Right. So yeah, um, that's true. Yeah,
1: just imagine when we when we're all part of one
0: universal mind world yeah, yeah. one singularity
1: <laughs> i know we're running low on time man uh so uh i'll stop oh no, yeah really we're good on. that's
0: that's good stuff <laughs> um always more time for uh, fun stuff that's real and also that's cool stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also was cool there nailed it dang it anyway that's the show this week ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in once again Uh, We are your hosts, Nick Thacker and Kevin Tumlinson. All the show notes, everything we've talked about today and mentioned uh, is going to be linked in the show notes. Just go check that out. You can click away. And uh, if you do have something you want us to cover, if you think you know something that's cool that uh, we may not know is cool, we want to know about it. We want to hear about it. Just head over to StuffThat'sReal.com. And without further ado, we will talk to you next week. Stuff That's Real. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think, from mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching, dramatic action-adventure novels. Our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages, eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at ConundrumPub.com STR.